Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 89 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, you and I ventured out to a fine local theater this week, the Independent Picture House in Charlotte, North Carolina, to see a new movie. Uh, This place just opened. It was awesome. And I thought we should tell everyone about this movie because they need to go see it. That's right. They absolutely do. It's amazing and very heartfelt. And yeah, it's called Marcel the shell with shoes on yeah that's right that's right so um this movie it came out a few weeks back um we talked a little bit about uh wanting to go see it and we did go see it um and we thought we would just take this uh intro to uh just tell everyone yeah it was it was really nice and we really liked going to this little uh independent movie theater so if your town happens to have one of those uh definitely go and pay them a visit uh see something you might not normally see uh, cause that's always a good idea, you know, especially coming out of the trying times of the last couple of years. So, uh, make sure you're visiting those places. Cause we love to see them, uh, sprouting up and doing well and staying open. And, uh, definitely you might get to see a gem like Marcel the shell with shoes on, which was an excellent film, excellent film. Uh, hopefully it gets some sort of, uh, Oscar love because I would really like people to get out and see it, uh, maybe for writing or something like that. So, uh, I don't know, but it was really good. And they had really good drinks at this movie theater. Michaela, yeah. I had, I had a really good craft beer, uh, local uh which was nice that's not something you get at the big movie theater and you had something cool i did they had prosecco on tap Mm -hmm, everybody mm -hmm. everybody just needs that you know you you we talk a lot about supporting our local businesses can't get more local than like a independent movie house because by definition they're independent they're not making a lot of money from distributors they're just trying (laughs) to make it right in the name (laughs) right in the name and so you definitely uh should go support them then probably they have the ability uh to do something like this right where we had they had lots of cool beers they had prosecco on tap i'm gonna say that one more time for the kids in the back they had prosecco on tap so you could literally just go and get like glasses and glasses and glasses (laughs) it really inspired me to get like a prosecco-ator yes that's i was like man that's a great idea and then of course the the angel on the on my shoulder was like that's a horrible idea don't do that i don't know Uh, we left we left the theater and michaela spent the next two hours researching how to have her own prosecco on tap at her very own house so uh yeah i can confirm that and can confirm that going to your local theater is awesome and definitely make it out to see marcel the shell with shoes on because that was a really good uh, flick. It definitely pulls at the heartstrings, has a lot of good life lessons in there. Uh, very cute, uh, very adorable, um, and a good time. So go check that out. But uh, what else? You've been wa- watching anything else this week, Michaela, other, so than, got, other than the movies? Or Yeah, I got into a new series. Uh, it's on Apple TV. I don't think mm-hmm, we've talked mm-hmm. about it because I think I've just started it pretty recently. It's called um, Blackbird. Okay. And it's, sh- it's starring... Um, Taryn Egerton, I hope I'm saying his name correctly. And uh, it is a true crime drama. And um, it's really good. I will say that um, it also has, um, well, it had Ray Liotta in it. So this was one of the last things Ray Liotta did before his uh, untimely passing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it stars Greg Kinnear, it stars Taryn Egerton, and the amazing Paul Wat- Walter Hauser. If you don't know who that is, um, he is a, a character actor who was in I, Tonya. He was in, he was the star of Richard Jewell. He was in Cruella. He was in Queen Pins. He is oh, this okay. kind of character actor gem that i love to watch and i didn't even know he was in it um but he is fabulous so if you like true crime um this is kind of a slow burn it's not it's not an action uh true crime at all um i'm about halfway through it and it's just mm-hmm. it's very gripping and it is based on a true story um it's you know it's hard to to kind of watch because you have what's happening on the outside of a prison versus what's happening on the inside of a prison. It's got some really interesting um, kind of story arcs, but it's Mm -hmm. very good. And I totally recommend it. Okay. Very good. Very good. That's uh, available on uh, Apple 
uh, TV yes. Plus, I believe. Um, yep. And we've been watching something on Apple TV Plus as well. We uh, finally uh, started watching um, Severance, uh, which was nominated for, I don't know, like 1300 uh, Emmy Awards. So it's finally time to uh, watch that. It's kind of like an extended um, episode of like Black Mirror. It's like this very like technology uh you know kind of creepy what your business is doing uh in terms of uh, controlling your brain and uh playing with your memory so uh it's it's a uh, i don't know it's very unsettling but it's really good um so definitely if you're uh into some sort of kind of i don't know it's not even like a workplace drama i don't know it's it's kind of hard to describe but definitely definitely check it out it's uh it's worth your time and obviously it got all the all the nominations so uh pretty critically acclaimed there so check those out check out apple tv plus check out ted lasso and check out coda all the good things you can get on apple tv plus so do that but for now michaela we need to take a quick break and make up this week's cocktail because a it's delicious and b our train is about to leave so let's take a quick break and we will be right back so this week, we're mixing up a cucumber sake delicious concoction that we are affectionately going to call the bullet train. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I uh, found this uh, recipe on, uh, I think it came from like a script that we came across from uh, one of Rick Bayless's uh, TV shows, the chef there. But uh, yeah, this this concoction called the bullet train uh, calls for some cucumber sake, uh, which sounds delicious. We really both like sake, but we've never done much in the way of like cocktails with it other than you know going to the hibachi restaurant and uh having you know multiple glasses of it uh you know we've we've done that but we've never done the cocktail and you know this seemed bullet train seemed right for uh this sort of a cocktail and uh yeah uh can confirm was delicious can so. confirm was delicious so there's a couple of different a word on sake or sake right there's cold and warm what we got i would consider cold sake so you can put it in the fridge um, you don't have to, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's not cloudy or anything like that. There's a lot of different kind of sakes, and I'm certainly uh, not an expert. Can't speak for Brian, but I'm not an expert. So um, mm -hmm. we, I found just a, a a good, I went to my liquor store and I said, I just want a good bottle of sake. Um, now this calls for cucumber sake. So what yeah. I did was- well, let's, um why don't why don't we let's run through the because there's a couple of ingredients here that are going to be uh need some explaining so why don't we run through the recipe yeah. and then we'll go back and kind of address each of the sure. each of the uh ingredients there sure so we've got cucumber sake we've got aperol we've got ginger syrup we've got pineapple juice and then chili tincture Thai chili tincture, not just any chilies, although uh, we can talk about the ingredients and how hard it was to find Thai chilies in the middle of summer. I, I, uh, I guess that's a thing. Um, but Thai chili tincture, which is a great mm -hmm, name. I love mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. And then some sparkling water. And of course, you have to have a cucumber wheel garnish. If you're going to have a cucumber drink, you need that. That's right. That's right. You definitely you definitely do need that. And uh, yeah, putting this together is pretty simple after you track these ingredients down. Um, some of them you might already have on hand. Some of them you might have to go search out. So we're going to start into the shaker tin with two ounces of the cucumber sake. So um, like Michaela was saying, uh, you go into your liquor store, you go into your your higher end grocery store probably now or um, your wine store, and they're probably actually going to have a fairly decent selection of sake you know you might not normally look for it or think about it but uh but they probably at least have a couple of pretty good bottles there and and that's what you did um Michaela you went in and uh just look for a good one you can get specifically cucumber sake um they do they do make it they do have it but neither you or I were able to find it so uh right. tell us about uh tell us about what you did so I I just got a bottle of kind of mid-grade sake and what I did was I got a jar a glass jar. Um, I always say non-reactive. I, I don't know if sake is going to mess with metals or not. So just get a glass mm. jar and you're always going to be safe with that. Um, yep. I got a cucumber. <laughs> I chopped it up into some pieces, probably, I don't know, probably about two ounces of cucumber um, and put it in the bottom of the jar and then just fill mm -hmm. that up with sake. And then I left it for a couple of days. Um, you can refrigerate it. I would recommend it because it's got the cucumber in there. Um, yep. But you just leave it for a couple of days and it will infuse. Um, there, There is a way that we've talked about previously where you can do a instant infusion, but mm -hmm. because cucumber is not, um, is not a peppercorn, <laughs> like with peppercorns and um, 
things that are like flowery, I would say that that works fine because it's a really light flavor anyway, but we really wanted to um, have this sink in and sit. So we left the cucumber in there for a couple of days um, rather than using a, like a whipped cream canister to try and aerate this. So mm. that's how we made our cucumber sake. It worked beautifully. And now we have cucumber sake for, you know, drinks to come. Uh, that's uh, right. That's right. Yeah. You open the uh, lid of that jar, the cucumber aroma and that sake, uh, kind of rice aroma hits you and it's delicious. And you're going to take two ounces of that, put it in your shaker tin with ice. You're going to add a half ounce of Aperol, a half ounce of ginger syrup, which we've made here before. But um, to run that down for everyone, you just are basically making a simple syrup and you're going to take a couple of chunks of your ginger, you know, peel that, throw that in there and let it steep for as long as you'd like, depending on how strong you want the ginger. I did about a half hour on ours um, seemed like it was a pretty good flavor profile. It just gets more intense the longer you leave that in there. So a half ounce of that, a half ounce of the pineapple juice, and then two to three drops of this Thai chili tincture. Now to make a tincture, you basically take a high proof uh, liquor. So vodka usually, but you know, it could be any kind of other uh, high proof thing. Michaela, you used Everclear for years, which is as high proof as you can get. I uh, couldn't find, they didn't have that. Um, in uh, North Carolina. Um, I don't know if you're able to get it here, but um, it kind of varies state to state whether whether that's legal or not. So I grabbed a bottle of, I think it was 100 proof Smirnoff. So I used that and then uh, just stuffed some Thai chilies down into mine. You weren't able to find Thai chilies. So you use the uh, next best thing, which is a Serrano. It's a pretty good uh, uh, replacement there. So you might be able to find Thai chilies. You might not be able to, but really just kind of any, any pepper, but you put that into the vodka and you really want to let it sit for like uh, several weeks, but you know, we're kind of doing these things week to week. So ours only had a couple of days, um, and that high proof, uh, liqueur for the tincture, but, um, but yeah, yeah. Just a, just a couple of drops of that. That was pretty easy to put together. Um, yeah, and then, and I, I felt that that was plenty too. Um, because it, it definitely, you definitely only need a couple of drops. Do not make the mistake that I have made in the past with tinctures. Okay. When they mm. say two to three drops, we mean it. Okay. We don't mean half an ounce. Don't do that. That will, that will ruin this drink. It will not, it will, it, I mean, if you like fire in your mouth and down your throat and heartburn later, then I guess it'll be great. But <laughs> if that's not your bag, don't do it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So a couple drops of that, um, all that goes into the shaker tin. You're going to shake that up and then you're going to strain it into a rock filled ice flat, a ice-filled rocks glass, uh, as it were. Uh, top that with just a little splash of sparkling water and garnish it with a cucumber wheel. Um, it is this lovely sort of uh, pinkish-orangish hue from that pineapple and the Aperol. And then you drink it and you enjoy it because it is real delicious. It is real subtle, um, but it is real delicious, real good. Yeah, it's real good. I was really surprised because I, I loved this drink. Um because it has all the things that bullet train has in it, right? Like it's, it's got this Japanese flair. It's got sparkling water, which is a big deal in bullet train. Um, mm -hmm. It's got this peppery, you know, kind of spicy, juicy kind of component to it. And it's this really weird orange color, which is great because uh, in Tokyo, everything seems to be very colorful and like whimsical. So mm -hmm. I was really yeah. excited about this, but I was a little concerned because, again, we're not huge sake drinkers, right? So I was like, right. I don't know if this is going to be too ricey or, but it is fabulous. And even though we run, we ran down the ingredients, if you just keep, uh, if you make the Thai chili tincture and the cucumber sake and you just keep it in your fridge, you can be sipping on this all summer, fall long, and it's really not that hard to make. Um, mm -hmm. And it's very tasty. So if you are in the market for a good sake drink at all, you should give this a try. Yeah, absolutely. You should give this a try. Um, like I said, it's a little, it's a little, um, it's a little bit of steps kind of collecting these ingredients and getting them ready to go. But then it's, it's super simple to put together once you, once you do get it. Um, we did try one um, with just, uh, just straight sake um, without the cucumber sake. It was still it was still really good. I think that the cucumber added a little bit to it and you just get that little hint of the, of the spice there from that tincture. So, so really good. So definitely uh, give this one a try uh, worth your time. And, you know, of course, uh, check out the website for uh, pictures of ours and all that good stuff. But for now, Michaela, we have our drink mixed up. We are uh, all aboard, you know, we splurged for first class tickets. So we are headed to first class uh, for our train to take us out of Tokyo. So why don't we take a quick break? Uh, we're going to mix up like four more of these for the ride. And then we will be right back to talk about this week's movie, Bullet Train. Spoiler warning for Bullet Train. 
If you've not yet seen this film, you should stop what you're doing right now. You should go make yourself up a bullet train cocktail because it's really tasty. You should go watch bullet train, um, enjoy it, and then come back and we can chat about it. But definitely go do that because we are going to be talking about all the things bullet train and it's re it's a recent film. So mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. if you don't want to be spoiled, don't go any further. And that uh, is how we do a spoiler warning here. That's, movies. Yeah. Wow. That is, yeah, that is very black and white on that spoiler warning. Yeah. If you don't want to know how this goes, uh, probably steer clear, you know, just go make, mix up that cocktail a couple times and go see bullet train. It's, it's a pretty fun ride. So uh, like Michaela said, it just was released August 5th, 2022. It was directed by David Leitch, uh, who I never really heard of. Um, he directed Deadpool two, uh, which I guess kind of makes sense because it has kind of, you know, kind of the same kind of, kind of quippy jokey bits to it. So, um, that makes some sense. And then this one starts Brad Pitt. Uh, he is our snatch and grab, uh, former assassin uh you know he's been taking some time working on himself he's not really supposed to even be there today uh brad pitt is brad pitt is him and sandra bullock uh is our lady on the phone playing maria and then we have a bunch of other uh assassins would be assassins uh on this train as well and we'll kind of get into those as we go through these so bullet train michaela this was based on a book uh which sounds fun um never read it uh and then there was also a 1975 film named bullet train uh not based on this book um, based on a different story, but remind me if the, or let me know if this sounds familiar to you. Um, so there is a train, um, some bad guys plant a bomb on the train. And if the bombs or if the train slows down, the bomb explodes. Oh my um, God. It, it, remi it reminds me of something else that Sandra something, Bullock was in. Something. Can't place exactly. It. No. What? Pop quiz. Hot shot. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's Sounds right. Yeah. Very much like something Keanu Reeves uh, could have done very well in and may have may have jump started his career again after after Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Um, <laughs> gosh, amazing, because we definitely do see a lot of things from uh, there, there's a lot of similarities from Speed. Uh, mm -hmm, which was a mm -hmm. great film and and this bullet train, which is interesting because they're not the same storyline at all. But huh. yeah, I, so I just, I just thought that was interesting there in the uh, the uh, parallel with the Sandra Bullock and that. So uh, bullet train, Michaela. So we've been seeing the previews for this. Um, you know, we both are big fans of Brad Pitt. He always seems to do stuff that's. Um, you know, either really, really excellent or really kind of quirky and fun. And we like both of those things. But uh, you know, why why did we want to come see? Bullet train, Michaela. Uh, because it looked like it was the funnest ride this summer. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to ride on a bullet train? For anybody that doesn't know, a bullet train is actually a really fast train. Um, yes. And as the name would imply, as, as the, name the name would imply. Would imply. But it's, I've never ridden on one. Uh, mm, the closest okay. I've come to is the channel, which is not nearly as fast as the bullet train. Um, no. And so <laughs> it's. Uh, that it, would be, that would be bad, probably. Yeah. <laughs> that would probably be really bad to go that fast but um it the previews i don't know who did the editing for that they should be i don't know if there's like a preview editing award that they give out um Probably. because it they should and somebody should get a nod for that because it looks so good um and they tell the story really nicely where basically it's a heisty kind of actiony film mm -hmm. it's where every Everybody has a backstory, which is really nice. You don't know what the backstory is uh, at, at, when you're going in, uh, except for one or two of them. And then they all sort of kind of unfold. It's really a beautiful telling of a very fun kind of action-y film, which is why I'm so excited. Uh, now I've got to go read this 19, this book because yeah. uh, I don't know how uh, they did that. Um, so I'm excited about that. But we should yeah, get for... into all the characters because there's a lot of, there's a lot. Yeah, there's... There's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, to get this movie kind of kicked off, we uh, meet a couple players uh, here right at the start. We're at a hospital um, and we meet uh, Kimura, the father who's played by Andrew Koji. Uh, he's there. He's looking over his son. His son is in the hospital bed. It uh, doesn't look doesn't look that great. And then, uh, you know, the father's dad comes in, who we find out later is uh, going to be referenced as uh, the elder um, and that is played by Hiroyuki Sonata, uh, who's excellent, who plays the, the father's dad, uh, the elder here. He comes in and he says, uh, you know, we learned that the son was pushed off of 
off of this roof and you know that it was you know it was the father it was Kamira's job to protect the family uh what are you doing uh we need to get to the bottom of this uh it's pretty it's pretty wrenching you feel bad uh for this guy already you know having to watch his son there in such critical condition uh but then we take the uh most egregious of cuts of all time and we go from the sad hospital scene to Brad Pitt walking down the streets of Tokyo to a Japanese version of staying alive, white shoes in the rain puddled streets. Uh, it's exactly like um, our favorite John Travolta movie that we talked about on drink the movies, you know, way back, way back when, uh, but we are introduced to ladybug, the former uh, retired assassin. Now the snatch and grab man on the phone, getting his next job. That's right. He's filling in for some dude named Carter. Carter got had a stomach bug. And so he's like, man, uh, I can't believe I'm doing this. He's on the phone with his handler, played by the amazing Sandra Bullock. Um, you don't see her for most of the film at all, but you talk to mm -hmm. her a lot. And she's calming him down, trying to keep him very zen. Um, he is really on this spiritual journey. He's 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 like, I'm trying to do the right thing. And, you know, so I'm not going to kill anybody anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But I That's am, right. you know, so I'm not going to take this gun. They, there's this kind of area uh, where there's this locker space and he's going and he's he's getting all of the things that he wants um, for this job. There's like some like kind of Chinese firecracker looking things. And there's a couple of other like watches and uh, some sleeping powder that he, he continues. Apparently, it's one of the things he always asks for, but mm. he never gets the dosage right. And so sometimes people don't fall asleep. Sometimes they die. It's kind of a toss up. And so, uh, but what he does do is he refuses to take the gun that she has put in the locker for him. And uh, he's like, no, I'm not going to need it. And she's like, you really should take the gun. And of course, it's this great uh, banter between the two of them. They've got great chemistry. And he refuses. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to get on this bullet train. Now, the thing about the bullet trains is this is going from Tokyo to I'm not sure what the final destination is, but it makes a number of stops, but it only mm. stops for a minute. And that's really important. Now, I don't know how true that is, because that does not sound like enough time to get all your stuff off the plane or off the train with your kids mm. and your life and all of that. I That seems like a lot. Or get on the train. Um, it just seems like uh, that's that's not enough time. But if that's real, uh, that's very stressful. That adds an extra amount, a uh, layer right. of urgency to all of this we're, because we're not organized enough that's why we don't have bullet trains in america we could not that's that's it. probably true that's probably true but um brad pitt's got one goal his goal is to find this suitcase um this briefcase it's silver mm -hmm. it's got this thing on the handle he's got to find it on the train and get off the train that's pretty much it that's all he has to do and which is why he's the snatch and grab man right but he's going to have a lot of problems because uh, there are a lot of other people that are also uh, looking for this briefcase. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So so he is on the train. He is looking for this briefcase. And who was in possession of this briefcase? Who is he stealing it from? Uh, that is none other than Tangerine and Lemon. Tangerine played by Aaron Taylor Johnson and Lemon played by Brian Tyree Henry. Uh, they are brothers. They are assassins. They go on a lot of jobs. You get a, a really fun kind of montage thing where they're bickering back and forth about how many people that they'd killed. And you go back into this flashback and they're like, like counting these guys up on this job is, you know, they're deciding whether it was you know 15 or 16 or something like that um but but a lot of fun they're going back and forth they have uh they have the son of our our big bad of this uh who's called the white death we don't know anything about the white death but they are transporting his son and a 10 million dollar ransom that is in that briefcase they're trying to get from uh tokyo to kyoto or i think or wherever the the final stop of this was supposed to be um so they're there uh they're a lot of fun uh i love these characters i love their their kind of banter back and forth uh you know talking uh you know lemons going on and on about you know, Thomas the Tank Engine and how that is like a perfect representation of all of life. That's how he learned how to read people was through Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, he's just going on. Tangerine's not having it. It is hilarious. Uh, but bad news for them. They lose the briefcase. They lose the briefcase. Yeah, it takes no time. First of all, I don't know about you, Brian, but if I had $10 million in cash, okay, mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't put it in like the cargo bay area on a train where anybody yeah. can just take your briefcase. I wouldn't put $10 in cash anywhere other would, than in my pocket. It It is going to be under me, under the seat uh, beside me. It is going to be, yeah. But anyway, 
for the sake of the film, that's exactly what happens. So poor uh, poor Lemon goes out and tries to find it again and uh, can't find it because Brad Pitt has taken off with it. Now, mm-hmm, this train mm-hmm. is quite large. It's like 16 cars. It's 10 regular class, six first class. There's mm-hmm, a couple of mm-hmm. meal trains in there. There's a couple of bar trains that no one works at, uh, thankfully, because it would be probably really gross. Uh, <laughs> we'd have more bodies on the body count if there were yes. people working these areas. But um, we also, uh, as Brad Pitt's kind of going through this, uh, he uh, ends up meeting someone, uh, the the wolf uh who mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. trying to get on the train now that i love the story of the wolf it's very sad this um this guy he's played by benito a martinez ocasio and he's wonderful i love this character so much yeah that's right we get the uh we get the flashback of him we uh we learn that he's coming on to the train because he wants to get some vengeance because uh, apparently a ladybug uh brad pitt and uh, another assassin were there and uh basically it ruined his wedding by killing uh you know his whole family his whole cartel uh it's bad news and he shows up on up on the train um and that's when you kind of get your uh 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 pretty good little fight sequence there um one of the things that i really liked about the fight sequences is obviously this is all happening uh within the confines of a train car which is not very wide it's very narrow um and i I also liked that all of the fights seemed to take place within like these dining and bar carts. So, yeah. you know, they were able to use kind of the, you know, the, lo- the logistics of how those, how those worked. Um, yeah, and you get some, you know, kind of fun stuff where they're, they're going back and forth. Obviously there's, there's the one later, um, you know, between uh, Tangerine and Ladybug, uh, you know, the, the we'll talk about here in a second, but yeah, Wolf, Wolf comes in, he's, he's looking, he's trying to get vengeance, uh, on Ladybug, but bad news, uh, Ladybug, uh, he keeps he keeps kind of uh, lucking into these, you know, bad things. So first he's walking through the carts. He just kind of stumbles upon the briefcase. Uh, Wolf comes in. They have this fight, but, uh, you know, Wolf kind of gets dispatched of when he trips and breaks his neck uh, on said briefcase. And, you know, now what's Ladybug going to do? He's going to stash this briefcase. Uh, hopefully that it stays safe. He, you know, puts it down into like a trash can um, within the dining cart. Again, people are just leaving this $10 million case laying around, uh, which seems like a bad idea bad idea for everyone and then we meet one of the most pivotal players of this so we mentioned you know earlier we're we're introduced to kimura the father um he he gets a note uh saying that this is the person that uh that pushed your son off of this building uh on this train in this seat in this car uh so he goes in goes up the seat and there is a young lady sitting there uh we learn her name is prince uh, played by Joey King. Uh, very excellent. Uh, right up your alley, Michaela, because she is wearing like like a pink shirt underneath of a pink shirt underneath of yeah. a pink shirt underneath of a pink sweater. Uh, She's you know, like it's... the Dolores Umbridge of this of this train. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, so we meet her. Um, she, you know, kind of has the one up on everyone. She seems to be kind of the mastermind behind this whole thing. But but Prince uh, love to hate her in this thing. She is so smarmy. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, because she is very small statured. She's a woman. Uh, women uh, are not not taken very seriously in this film. Um, and so, of course, this guy, he doesn't get a description or a picture of who pushed his son. Uh, he just gets this location. So he goes and he sees that, you know, this girl Prince is sitting in the seat and is like, oh, I'm looking for a man. Um which, you know, sexism, not not a good thing because she totally takes advantage of that and is like, oh, uh, there was another person sitting in this seat and uh, yeah, it wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, okay. And then she gets him. She gets him where it hurts um, because then, of course, she we realize that it was her and she did. She did this horrible thing. <laughs> she pushed this kid off of a roof and you don't really know why. Um you don't you don't know why until kind of the end why she's mad like why she's done all these things but mm-hmm. she ends up uh getting the getting uh it over on kimura the father he, he like gets shot he's put in uh one of the bathrooms and the door's locked and he's just kind of left for dead um she uh it it, it, it all kind of comes it gets very convoluted so um but she is uh walking around this train she's also looking for this briefcase um she catches up 
to Tangerine and Lemon, where they are. You know, they have been charged with looking after this white death's son. Um, unfortunately, they like leave to go try and find the briefcase because they've lost it. Well, by the time they get back, the white death's son is like really dead in a really ugly way. It's very, mm. it's very Stranger Things. It's it's like eleven. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like eleven right. had a moment with this kid, and now his eyes are all bloody, and it's totally gross. And so um, they assume uh, that some, that his killer is still on the train. So they're looking all over the place. You see Prince kind of walk over and see him and you and spit on his face. It's really gross. Um, so you assume as the watcher that Prince is probably the one who's killed him. Um, mm-hmm. But you don't really know why. And it's, it's kind of convoluted. But um, so now we have two dead folks, right? We have the white death son who's in like this hoodie and they've put like this pink mask, this pink, like, uh, I don't know. It looks like a Teletubby, but it's not a Teletubby. I'm sure it's somebody very famous in Something, Tokyo. Yeah. Somebody, mm-hmm, somebody, mm-hmm. somebody famous in Japan, in Japan, but it's, it's like this pink Easter bunny mask <laughs> that they've got on this kid um, to make it look like he's still alive because at every stop, the white death's, you know, hired hands are there to make sure that a, they don't get off the train and walk off the train with the kid and the $10 million and B mm. that everything's still going to plan. Cause they've got to get all the way to Kyoto. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so all these pieces are moving. Um, but we find out uh, pretty quickly that, you know, Prince isn't the one uh, that killed the white death son. Uh, that was done by another assassin who has now gotten onto the, uh, Onto this bullet train by the name of the Hornet, uh, played by Zazie Beats. Uh, one of the things we learned about early on um, in the film is that there is this uh, highly venomous snake that has been stolen from the zoo, um, and uh, you know, of course, Ladybug. Because that's stumbles, not enough, right? It's not stumbles, enough stumbles. to have like eight, eight of these people who want to kill you. We have to put a snake on it. Have, have to have a have to have a snake on it, um, and you know, Ladybug stumbles upon the snake. So we know that the snake is now on this train. Uh, you know, we've had snakes on planes. Now we have snakes on trains. Uh, but the Hornet uh, uses the snake venom. That's how she uh, assassinated the White Death's son, killed him. And now she's going to try to use it on Ladybug because they come to a head. They have a fight. Uh, they both get stabbed with this thing. Uh, it's actually, it's, <laughs> it's kind of, I, I don't know. It's very unsettling, especially if you don't like needles because she has this, this thing to inject the venom and it just kind of falls and lands in uh, Brad Pitt's hand. Uh, pretty gross but then he uh, takes it out and stabs it into her and then she accidentally gives him the anti-venom uh, so he so he's good um, actually it's a pretty funny gag because he gets bit by the snake later and he's like I already got the anti-venom earlier long story uh, it's it's pretty great um, yeah. but yeah so the, the hornet's there I really liked her we find out that she was she was actually at um, Wolf's uh, wedding too she was the one that poisoned um all of the guests so that's why he was so that's why wolf was there um so yeah i mean it's just a lot of like bad luck for ladybug that he keeps kind of managing to scrape through um and that's kind of the funny bit is that you know he was just he was like i just got to go in and get this briefcase you know i'm not even supposed to be here today uh very clerks-esque um and you know it and kind of the the recurring gag of you know he's been seeing his therapist because he's you know a recovering assassin he's been working on himself you know he just wants to everyone just calm down we're putting up walls we just need to just need to talk this out we can you can, we can all get on with our business that's one of the best things about the scene between him and the wolf too is because the wolf recognizes him from the wedding um he doesn't realize th- that uh he's not actually here for Brad Pitt's character the wolf um recognizes him from the wedding but it wasn't him that killed his wife and his entire bridal party it, you know so he's like dude i don't even know you what is, what is going on why are you so mad like maybe we could just talk about this as they're like you know got knives throwing at each other and like you know cell phones are being shoved in each other's mouths it's crazy um it's uh one of one of my favorite scenes uh, is the one you just mentioned though with this needle that's like going around and they're fighting over it and um and you know brad pitt ladybug's character is so great because you're right everything seems to be very unlucky but it also it depending on how you look at it is very lucky like she had the antivenom she had it on her because she was really smart and thought if i ever get shot up with this stuff uh, i have 30 seconds to inject this and he knew what to do and to get it himself and um and then there's like this total mansplaining 
moment where <laughs> she's dying and he's like um sorry do you do you need some water are you okay are you feeling mm, do you want me to hold your hand i mean so and he's like legitimately trying to be kind in her final moments and she's like you mansplaining jerk <laughs> so that's so funny oh yeah. it's very dark but it's super funny yeah, it was very, it was very dark. It was very funny. Um, and yeah, the all the fight sequences are great. We have another uh, really good one um, between Ladybug and Tangerine. Uh, they come to a head kind of in this dining car, and it's it's pretty humorous because it gets interrupted by the the woman that's pushing like the snack cart as she kind of stops. And uh, you know, uh, Brad Pitt buys a ten dollar bottle of uh, sparkling water, uh, which is pretty great. And they have kind of this uh, knockdown uh, drag out fight um, as we go through. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of this just, just high story. And it's basically, it's, it's going back and forth, but there's a couple of, of key things here that, that really happen. Um, you know, Prince, uh, the girl is, you know, getting Kimura basically to rig up these weapons because she's trying to get vengeance on her father uh, who only ever loved their son. Uh, she feels kind of kind of abandoned by him. Um, and she knows that one of the things that her dad does, her dad's a bad dude, uh, by the way, um, he likes to kill people with their own weapons, people that cross him. Uh, that's that's what he does. So uh, she basically is going to rig up the briefcase to explode and she's going to rig up this gun uh, to explode. So, you know, that way, when she finally confronts him, um, he, she knows that he's going to use those weapons uh, back against her. Uh, that's one. And the other thing that happens, uh, bad news, our favorites, uh, Lemon. Uh, we think that Lemon gets shot and killed by Prince. Uh, you know, uh, bad news. We don't like that. That's sad. Tangerine, very upset. And then Tangerine, uh, you know, and Ladybug have have their uh, drag out go at because, you know, Prince has convinced Tangerine that Ladybug was the one, you know, that, that killed his brother. Uh, he didn't. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, sometimes when you fight and guns are involved, uh, those guns go off and, uh, and yep, yeah. bad things happen. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it, and it wasn't even, oh, it makes me so mad uh, because you're super angry at Prince for putting this whole I, plan in motion um, because Tangerine is just You just really hate upset. her more and more, more and you more just, the whole you time. You just don't like her more and more. The more, the, and then she wears pink. By golly. Ugh. It's like a hate that you love and a love that you hate. Uh, anyway, Tangerine ends up taking a taking a bullet to the uh, neck. Yeah, that's not something that's really survivable. Um, but he thought his brother had passed. And so um, the, the Levin and the father are in this bathroom. Um, the father is like trying to bandage himself up because he is alive, but he's bleeding heavily. And Lemon, you know, he had taken uh, some of that sleeping powder that Ladybug had. Um, he, it was in his Fuji bottle. He was, he was drinking it and he fell asleep. And so that's why they thought he was dead. He had just been shot, but he was going to be okay. And so when he wakes up, of course, he sees that his brother's necklace had been put on him. And so he knows that his brother thought he was dead. And so he's like, oh my gosh, where's my, where's Tangerine? And Tangerine is is dead at that point. And so then, of course, Lemon and Ladybug go at it because he's really mad. And of course, Ladybug's like, dude, it was it was kind of an accident. Like, <laughs> I didn't know and I didn't mean to kill him, but he was going to kill me. What am I supposed to do? And so you've got all of this happening and um, and they're getting closer and closer to Kyoto where the Black Death the white death is that what it's called <laughs> the, the the white the white death yeah the white the death white is, death is waiting <laughs> is there that yeah that's right there's a there's a final stop on the train and we get uh the white death there he's played by michael shannon michael shannon is is excellent i don't i don't know that i i loved him at this but you know we'll talk about that um and then so he is there uh the elder has also gotten onto the train um at this point because he needs to go he needs to check on check on his son and uh, see what's happening because, you know, we find out a little bit of the backstory, the white death, uh, the elder, uh, they have some history going back, back there. It's a time for a final confrontation uh, for them too. So basically kind of everything is coming to a head here at this uh, final stop on, on the train. Um, and you know, wh what happens in a good uh, train heist film, that train gets set back into motion. It is uh, slamming through uh, the last gates and everyone's kind of uh, having their knockdown uh, drag out fight. So you have the white death is fighting the elder um, you know, princes there. They're fighting, you know, every, everyone is fighting. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's all bad news, but eventually we get to the point where this train crashes. Uh, it's actually pretty great because Brad Pitt is like flying through the air and like this kind of, 
I, I don't know. It's like an uncanny valley sort of like a slow motion uh, sort of thing. It's yeah. it's pretty humorous as as they're going through. But the train crashes. Everyone is there. Um, and we're we're finally met at our head. So I guess uh, Prince is able to finally confront her father. Um, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's able. Well, it's interesting because she is counting on him to shoot her and he doesn't. Uh, she's like, just do it. Just kill me. And we're all like, please kill her because we want her to die. But we also know that it's with that weird weapon that she's rigged. And so he doesn't do it. He's like, nah, you know, thanks, daughter. I won't forget this and kind of pats her on the head. Really makes me mad. And then he walks off and she's like, wait, wait a minute. No, I, you, you're not going to die. You're not going to try and shoot me. Um, but he's uh, fighting with uh the elder and he's fighting with ladybug and he runs out of weapons he like i don't know the sword that they were using gets cut or he loses it somehow um he runs mm -hmm, out of bullets mm -hmm. with this other gun so what does he do he grabs the gun that she had rigged and he tries to shoot brad pitt and uh it explodes and it takes off half his face this is for, this is not for kids uh we should we should not probably for kids. Have said it's not for kids um and so he dies and all is right uh, because the, the prince is dead, Ladybug's alive, the elder's alive. Is the elder alive? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even remember. But, but yeah, moral of the story is, yeah, White Death is dead. Uh, prince is there. You think Prince survives, but uh, gets ran over by a truck full of tangerines. That's which is, right. Which, oh, that was which the is, best. Which is which is pretty great, and you get a little post credit scene about how how that came to be is that uh, Lemon survives a fall off of the train and uh, commandeers this tangerine truck. Uh, you know, very poetic, and for uh, Prince and uh, Lemon there, which is which is pretty good. So um, yeah, that is that is kind of the gist of the story. It is it's real convoluted, so it's kind of hard to to talk about. Hopefully, we we kept it mostly straight um, ish, but it's it's worth worthwhile to go and see how all of these pieces intertwine. So, um, Michaela, this movie was really fun. Um, really enjoyed uh, seeing it. I loved kind of the dialogue. It was very snappy and witty. Um, Brad Pitt was excellent. You know, it was kind of this, um, like I say, kind of this reformed former assassin who's, you know, wanting to talk about things and to be happy and, you know, put your peace out into the world. Um, so that was pretty great. Um, but one of the things that I really liked is the way that it, it kind of structured the story, like we said, there's a lot of moving parts here. So it does a really good job of, you know, kind of, um, you know, introducing these people, you get this really cool, like, like graphic that comes up in Japanese and, um, you know, in, um, in English text to tell everyone's name. And then you get kind of this, this flashback story. Um, and those all looked really great. Um, uh, particular, I like the kind of the flashback, you know, where we're introduced to like the white death and the elder, um, back in Japan as they're going and, um, you know, kind of this, uh, this criminal organization and the white deaths rising up, but you know, it's like, it's like at this, um, kind of temple kind of a thing and there's like snow and fire and it looked really great. Um, but, but what about you, Michaela? Were there any kind of standout parts or the way things looked or any of the actors or, um, you know, just what are some highlights from this thing? Cause it was, it was a good time. Yeah, I thought the set direction was actually really good um, because it showed the way in which it's filmed in the train was really cool. The out the outtakes of the train kind of going through the cities and mm -hmm. um, that was really beautiful. You see, the, you know, the beautiful like the big mountain in the back and and it looks really cool. Um, I think the editing for this, it was amazing because if this, if this podcast is any indication, it can get very complicated um, to talk about and to really understand kind of the, in, all of the interweavings of these characters and what their backstories mm -hmm. were and what their motivations are. But because it was put together in such a beautiful way um, and entertaining way, you understand while you're watching it, you're not confused. And mm -hmm. at the end, you... Um, it really makes you think about, you know, certain certain interactions that the the characters had, how they crafted that and edited mm -hmm. that on the, you know, and what got cutting room floor is amazing to think about to me because this story could have been very differently if it was edited um, and crafted any other way. So I really, I mean, hats off to David um, 
Leech, um, you know, a lot of people when we were watching it and we left, a lot of people said this was very Tarantino-esque. I don't know mm -hmm. if that was what he's going for. I don't know if he would find that as a compliment or not. Um, but I, I will say that it was a really fun ride and it was more heisty to me than the Tarantino stuff. It was it was kind of um mm -hmm. Uh, it gave it it very much felt like um, the action sequences were very much like Deadpool 2 and a little bit of John Wick, which is interesting because he was an ex executive uh, producer for mm -hmm. some of the John Wicks. Um, less gory, but to me, it really had a feel like the um, first Ocean's Eleven uh, in mm -hmm. with. Well, maybe not the first, I guess the second, the reboot of Ocean's Eleven uh, with Brad Pitt and George Clooney, because it, it it was very smartly done. Um, mm -hmm. And I really loved that about it. Yeah, it set the stuff up really good. And, um, you know, I mentioned kind of in the in the flashbacks that those all looked really good and they all had kind of really big scope. And then um, kind of just the stuff with the train, I thought was excellent and the way that the camera was moving around it um, and the way they I, they would have had to have done this, you know, post-production computers but the way that the camera is like pulling like in and out of the trains or seeing the characters like you know walking through the cars from like the outside of the train or you're seeing a conversation of them sitting you know at the windows and then it you know kind of pulls in um to be alongside of them i thought was was really great um i, I could kind of see like the the tarantino uh, parallels there especially kind of in the way like that these these criminals all get together in something like reservoir dogs and that they're, you know, they all kind of hate each other and don't trust each other, but they're having like these conversations. So, um, you know, definitely some kind of parallels there and it is, it's action esque. The trailer might lead you to believe that it's, it's going to be all action, but really there's just a couple of big action like set pieces, which are all really fun. Um, and, and really well done, you know, especially, you know, when that, when that drink cart gets pushed through and, you know, he, he buys the sparkling water. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's really great, but, but yeah, I, I love the way that this, this looked and felt, um, it didn't feel long uh, as two hours and seven minutes. So the pacing of it was, was really good. I mean, there were a lot of moving pieces to, to address, but yeah, David Leitch did, um, an excellent, excellent job. And one of the other things I wanted to bring up here on this thing, uh, Michaela that I thought was amazing. So this was written by, um, like I said, it was based on a book, but it was written by um, Zach Okovics. Um, I don't know if I'm saying that right or not, but um, it looks like Zach has three writing credits uh, so far uh, to his name. Uh, he did a, a, a screenplay for uh, the Netflix series uh, Fear Street, uh, which just came out last year. Uh, so this was like his second thing that's ever come out. How did you can't write dialogue like this? That's that snappy and tight on your on your second try. I, like I can barely write a sentence, Michaela. This is insane. Well, he can, I guess, and he did. He can. But uh, <laughs> good for him. Um, that's amazing. I, I well, now I have to go back and watch Fear Street because number one, I love that series from uh, from the nineteen nineties. Uh, Christopher Pike, uh, or no, sorry, R.L. Stein, amazing. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited mm -hmm. about that. What What is interesting to me now that you said that though is he's taken books and um, because Fear Street was written, it was a series written by R.L. R.L. Stein. And mm. this was also from a book. So I wonder if maybe um, that is uh, something that is his sweet spot is taking is taking that and trans translating that from a book to the screen, um, mm -hmm. which is no small feat. I mean, that's that's amazing. So I, I'm really excited now. I'm going to have to go and read the book um, because I really want to see how uh, how different it is. Because again, I I don't I don't know how well this would be in a book. I'm sure it's amazing, but this is something totally so visually pressing that mm -hmm. it it's. I just think I mean you're right. Uh, all the all, everybody did a great job on this, bringing this to literal life because it it's very in your face. But it's at the same time, even though it's kind of campy, it's not over the top. It's not like some of the scenes that this was likened to um, with like some of the Tarantino films like Kill Bill, where it's so bloody and so gory and so like paying homage to all like the really old samurai films. Mm -hmm. This is not like that. Um, it's just the right amount. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. too much, not too little. It's just right. Yeah, it, it all felt, uh, yeah, very uh, kind of kind of realistic, I guess, in that sense, in this, you know, kind of sensationalized 
you know, Tokyo is this, you know, very vibrant, very sensationalized uh, city, which I, I thought was was really good and, and worked really well on the screen. So, uh, yeah, overall, I, I really liked it. I mentioned it kind of as we were uh, talking about it briefly. Uh, the White Death played by Michael Shannon. I love Michael Shannon. Um, I, I don't know that the White Death needed to be played by Michael Shannon. I, I don't know that it benefited by being Michael Shannon in any way, I guess, is maybe my my yeah. criticism on it. I don't know. Yeah, there was a I mean, there was a cool moment when he opens his mask because he's masked the entire time until the very end when he kind of shows up himself. Right. And then we're like, oh, it's Michael Shannon. Um, I'm a little I'm a little confused um, why we picked Michael Shannon for the reason that I think we probably could have picked uh, someone of Japanese descent. And maybe Michael Shannon is and we just don't know it. But um, that part well, felt very uh i don't know well, i think i think the white death was supposed to have been russian i think oh okay oh that's right because he had all those weird russian tattoos when he at the beginning okay that makes more sense now i was like why i that yeah i missed that okay still i don't know i mean i don't know who else it could have been and done a better job because of course michael shannon does a great job and that scene where he's basically patting his daughter on the head um, he does a great job no. of being a, a, a really awful massacre, you know, chauvinist uh, man, because <laughs> I just want to kill him. And so I'm real glad when he dies. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think I don't know, too, if he had a lot to work with, because this character, we don't get to know what his motivations are. He's like the one villain uh, that gets yeah. on this train that we we really don't know why. He was doing all of the things that he was doing. I mean, it turns out that he was the one who even organized his son's death. Um, uh, I mean, we don't know why he became this underworld guy in the first place. We know why he wanted everybody on that train to die, but we mm -hmm. don't know why he, you know, usurped the power of this mob boss, this I guess this Japanese mob boss, like 30 years prior, we don't really understand that other than, you know, he wanted the power. Yep. Um, so, nah. yeah. So yeah. I, it's like I said, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't a low spot because I, I you know, Michael Shannon is great, but I think, uh, I don't know, like it, it didn't add anything uh, for him being that character. I didn't think so. That was, that was kind of my only real critique on it but otherwise i i really enjoyed this michaela i thought it was a lot of fun i thought that visually it looked great i loved uh the dialogue on it and then of course it's great at the very end of the film uh you know we get um was her name uh maria i think um shows up in the car and it's sandra bullock and i get to see them together on screen kind of having their little uh banter actually in person is you know kind of this train in town are exploding around them uh, which is pretty good. So uh, that's Bullet Train in a nutshell. Hopefully it made um, any sort of sense or at least maybe inspired you to go see it if you haven't seen it yet. Um, but let us know if you have seen it and what you thought about it. And definitely let us know if you make a Bullet Train cocktail or if you have any other good sake cocktails because now we have a bottle of sake um, and I mean, we'll use that for, you know, making Bullet Trains because we're going to make about 10,000 of those. But uh, we want to definitely uh, try out some more. So send those our way. Um, you can take pictures and check out all that stuff. You can do it on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Drink the movies and on facebook.com slash drink the movies uh if you want to see pictures of the bullet train we made episode recaps all that good stuff you can do that on our website which is www.drinkthemovies.com and michaela if you are boarding the bullet train you want to make sure you have a ticket and if you are going to be listening to your favorite podcast uh you want to make sure you leave them a review uh where can they do that you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Stitcher. We're on Good Pods. We've actually made top 100 uh, podcasts on Good Pods uh, two weeks in a row, which is super cool. Um, yes. Climbing the charts each time. So that's really awesome. Um, we're so excited about the community that we've built. If you are liking what you're hearing, please subscribe. We do two drops a week. Please leave us a five-star review. The more reviews we get, the more we can get the Drink the Movies love out there and share our love of movies and cocktails with the entire world. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But for now, Michaela, I think, you know, this train ride uh, was a bit hectic. Um, it was a good it was a good time. But, you know, I'm tired. All this traveling has really done me in. Um, all of these bullet train cocktails have really done me in. So I'm going to need to take a break and we're going to need to pick a new movie and a new cocktail and talk to everyone next time on Drink Drink the, the movies. movies. Some conflicts require a gun. <laughs> Just saying.